Welcome to Hypnosis to Cultivate Empathy. As I'm sure you're aware, empathy is a term used to describe a range of experiences. But the general interpretation is the ability to sense another person's emotions and understand what they might be thinking. Most of us like to think that we already understand how others feel. But in reality, even if we've been through exactly the same experience as they have, it is impossible to form a truly accurate representation of what they are going through. No two people are exactly alike. We each have our own life experiences, and even identical twins will have been influenced in different ways. Fortunately, there are techniques we can use to fine-tune our ability to empathize. And this hypnosis session is going to pave the way forward for you to developing these techniques. You are listening to me today because you have decided you would like to be more empathic. You have decided that developing empathy is going to help you in all sorts of ways. For a start, your relationship with others will improve as you gain more understanding of people's mindsets. And this puts you in a better position to help them. You also realize that empathy is vital in relationships, not just for helping those you are talking to, but also for you as there is less chance of taking offense, feeling hurt, or misunderstanding what's been said when you understand where others are coming from. And of course, when your relationships are good, life becomes a whole lot more enjoyable and less stressful. As I'm sure you know, the key to being empathetic is being able to actively listen to what people are telling you, and some people find this difficult to do. All too often, we tend to be wrapped up in our own little world and our own thoughts, perhaps worrying about how we are going to come across to others, or anticipating an appropriate response before we've even heard what the conversation is about. When someone comes to you with a problem and you want to apply empathy, it is, of course, important that, even if you don't agree with what they are saying, you understand that they are telling you their interpretation of events. Sometimes other people's interpretations will be different to what you believe to be true. However, for the communicator, their version explains how they feel about an issue, so it is important to use this as a starting point for your communication and accept what they say. When they describe to you what has happened to them, in order to better understand what that person's problem is, you may wish to ask for clarification, perhaps by gently restating the problem as you heard them tell it, rephrasing what you've heard, or using different words and asking for permission to move forward. This gives the communicator an opportunity to correct you if you misheard or misunderstood, and lets them know that you are actively listening to them. It is often quoted that around 90% of communication is nonverbal, and as I'm sure you would agree, along with other animals, humans instinctively pick up on the body language of whoever is talking. Just as important, however, is what people omit to say, either intentionally or otherwise, when sharing important information. Empathizing with someone doesn't automatically mean that you are expected to help to resolve their problem. On the contrary, most people simply want to be heard. This is good, because it means you don't have to consciously think of a suitable response. It's also useful to make a distinction between when you need to use empathy 
and when you don't. For example, when using small talk or normal everyday conversation, you would effectively communicate just as you usually do, without needing to use a great deal of empathy. So, empathizing verbally with someone can be saved for when you really need to understand someone else's point of view. There is a fine line between empathy and sympathy, but if you've ever put your arms around someone who was crying or who was upset or reassured them when they were confused, you were using a mixture of these skills to let them know that you understood how they felt. Sympathy involves understanding something from your own perspective whereas empathy means putting yourself in the other person's shoes and understanding why they may have these particular feelings. So, how do you gain that understanding? Well, we are going to do a few simple exercises to help you put yourself in another person's position. And to do this, I'm going to ask you to visualize certain things. I'd like you to create any image or sound that I suggest to the very best of your ability and make them as real and as vivid as they can possibly be. You will also need to add some extra aspects, but this will become clear as we progress. So, imagine yourself as the boss of a large enterprise, and you are seated at your desk with a pile of papers that are full of complaints about some of your employees' behavior. The first complaint is about an employee called Sue, who is constantly late for work, and her colleagues are annoyed because they feel it's unfair, and she seems to work fewer hours than they do. You summon Sue to your office, and when she arrives, you can see she looks tired and harassed. You signal to Sue to sit down in the chair opposite, and you explain to her why she's been called to your office. A person lacking empathy would be critical of Sue and not want to hear her excuses, but you have summoned her to your office because you want to understand what's going on. You listen attentively to Sue as she explains her situation. Perhaps she's a single parent who has to get her three young children ready for school. Maybe you can picture yourself as Sue, rushing to collect her children after work each day, already exhausted from a full day's work, and then taking them home and listening to each child's story about how their day was, all while preparing their evening meal. After dinner, she helps with her children's homework before letting them play for an hour while she puts their school things together, ready for the next day. As soon as the children are settled into bed, she probably has a house to clean, washing and ironing to do, and elderly parents to call. She tells you that one of her parents is terminally ill, and she offers emotional support to both her mother and father. She has emails and texts to catch up on and bills to pay. And by the time she finally gets to bed, she is so tired that she falls instantly to sleep. During the early hours, one of her children is sick, so she awakes in a hurried, stressful situation, cleaning and comforting her child. She has to urgently arrange for care so that she can come to work in the morning. As you sit calmly behind your desk, listening to Sue, you notice a tear running down her cheek, and you ask yourself, how you would cope in Sue's situation. You picture yourself as Sue with so much to do and so little time to attend to her own interests and needs. Perhaps you'd cope differently, who knows, but you recognize that Sue is doing her best in the situation she's in, 
And simply by putting yourself into Sue's position, you begin to feel tired as well. While you're imagining what it must be like to be Sue, you ask yourself what sort of steps would help. Would it help Sue to work fewer hours? Or is there a friend or a relative who could help out at times? Perhaps Sue would benefit from working fewer hours, or if you could arrange a flexible work pattern for her. You don't need to suggest any solution to Sue, but you recognize that simply by putting yourself into Sue's position, you're empathizing with her, and having someone to share her woes already did her a world of good. Your next employee is a father of three, whose wife has recently passed away. And when he comes into your office, you are struck by the sadness in his eyes. He tells you how he is struggling to come to terms with the loss of his wife, but he has to keep a brave face for his children's sake. They too are missing their mother, and although he has help with childcare, he feels very isolated and hasn't yet worked through his grief. Maybe you imagine how you would feel if your partner had recently passed away. Would you be able to manage any better? Your employee is working with customers who are mostly married or in very loving relationships. He tells you how hard he finds it to have to keep smiling when inwardly his heart is breaking. And although your instinct is to sympathize with him, you really need to feel what he's feeling and see life through his eyes in order to empathize. So you ask yourself what this employee would most benefit from perhaps bereavement counseling or moving temporarily to a different department would be an acceptable solution. But again, your job is not to offer a solution, but to listen and learn and understand what your employee is telling you. Instead of criticizing your employee or offering advice, your questions are aimed at understanding what is affecting his working performance. When your interview with your employee is over, you notice a shift in his demeanor. He already looks less troubled and his eyes are less sad because you are the first person he has talked to honestly about how he feels. Most people have problems of one sort or another. Some of their problems may seem quite trivial to you, but to them, they are of the utmost importance. And so you treat each person you meet with the utmost respect. We all have a story to tell, and as the empathizer, your role is to listen and understand, and not interrupt. In order to do this, you gently ask the right questions, being careful not to use any leading questions or assume that you know what they are going to say. When you're not sure of what to say, you ask them to elaborate or you repeat back to them what you have heard. There may be times when it's difficult to find the right words, or a little silence may be appropriate. If this happens, just wait. Allow the person to take the lead as you listen attentively. While being empathic, you will most likely be guided by your instincts. And your instincts will usually be right. But you are careful not to say things that could be misconstrued. I want you to go a little bit deeper now and allow your unconscious mind to bring forth a memory, a conversation that you may have had in the past where you felt that you could have been more empathic. Perhaps this conversation ended in a misunderstanding or perhaps even an argument. If so, 
I want you to visualize yourself with the person you are with, having the same conversation, but this time you are using empathy to understand things from their point of view. I'll be quiet for a moment to enable you to recreate a more positive outcome and see yourself using your newfound empathy skills. That's good. How did that feel? Are you happier with the way the conversation turned out? Good. You are doing so well. And in the future, remember how to implement empathy, to listen and learn, and to understand the other person's story. There may still be times when you disagree, even after hearing everything the other person tells you. But you know that you're not there to correct this person. Inside, they probably already know when they're not in the right. But how much better is it when they come to that realization themselves? You can help with this, and 9 times out of 10, it will make a difference. But if there are odd occasions when someone disagrees, you will know that really, they are disagreeing with themselves. So you use your listening skills well and you find that you are instinctively developing empathy in situations where it is required. You listen calmly without offering advice. You can acknowledge what you have heard, what the other person is telling you, and you can put yourself in that person's position, imagining that you are them. You are doing, feeling, sensing, and experiencing the things that they do. You nod or shake your head at appropriate times when you don't want to interrupt. And when you are invited to comment, you choose your words carefully. As a direct result of your effective use of empathy, you find your relationships getting stronger. You no longer judge people or attribute blame to others or disagree when they tell you how they feel. You give people the benefit of the doubt and listen to what they have to say. You become a much calmer, more attentive person, someone who others look up to and respect, realizing that most of us try to do the right thing in the circumstances present, and all you can do in order to understand is to empathize with them. Your powers of empathy develop and deepen each time you use them, as you become the best that you can be. And these simple suggestions are embedded into your subconscious mind, and they get stronger day by day. Now, practice. Be patient with yourself. Listen. Be there for others. I'm going to slowly count from zero up to five. And at five, you'll allow your eyes to open and you'll be wide awake. You'll find your mind and body are returning to a normal conscious awareness. Starting at zero. Up to one. Two. Three. Four. And five. Eyes open. Wide awake. Eyes open. Wide awake. <laughs> 